Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus kcaa kqlh lpfm ukaipa riverside san bernardino kqlh lp2 beaumont banning cherry valley
Rolling down a backwoods Tennessee byway One arm on the wheel Holding my lover with the other A sweet, soft, southern thrill Worked hard all week Got a little jingle On a Tennessee Saturday night Couldn't feel better I'm together With my Dixieland delight Spend my dollar Park in a holler Needs a mountain moonlight Hold her up tight Make a little loving A little turn of dubbing On a Mason-Dixon night This my life Tail buck deer munching on clover, red tailed hawk sitting on a limb, chubby old groundhog croaking bullfrog, free as a feeling in the wind. Homegrown country girl gonna give me a whirl on a Tennessee Saturday night. Lucky as a seven, living in heaven with my Dixieland delight. Spend my dollar, park in a holler, need the mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight, make a little loving, a little turn of dubbing on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life.
Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is that until you stop expecting our politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins, right here on KCAA, now broadcasting on 1050 AM and 106.5 FM, the stations that leave no listener behind. Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I am Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show. And as we come to you each and every week to bring you information about mortgages and real estate, I know everybody is waiting out there for the mortgage rates to drop, and they have dropped a little bit, so get a little bit excited. It is the holiday season, after all, and this is the holiday gift. Uh, Looks as if inflation is a little bit more under control, and it looks as if mortgage interest rates are going to... Uh, come more in line with buyers out there. We've seen a little bit more excitement in the marketplace. So all these things being considered, we'll get into the details. I am Jeff Barton. This is The Mortgage Voice. You want to see and hear us each and every week, you can go to KCAA. That's the radio station that carries our signal to the Inland Empire, the IE, out in San Bernardino, Riverside counties, some ways up the 15 and out to 10, obviously, all the way down into Orange and L.A. counties. Uh, and if you want this great information each and every week, you can go to YouTube. Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice, is my YouTube channel. We bring this show to that channel each and every week, and that is a historical analysis of what we've been going through, I guess, for the last several years, the ups and downs both in rate but also in product, also in service, and certainly there's been another upheaval in the real estate market. Not only do we have a lack of inventory, not only are prices really high, uh, reading an article today about the millennials and how this being the largest Uh, group in U.S. history in terms of, um, if you want to say baby boomers and Gen X, Gen Z, well, the millennials themselves represent this huge group of people, and because of the fact that there is this tremendous need for housing, formation of households has become, uh, I guess, the watchword. Uh, We see millennials late coming into forming households, two people form a household, one person forms a household, a group forms a household, but that usually means a continuation of the house buying surge that we've been seeing, I guess, you know, ever since we saw real estate prices down uh, after 08, and then of course the mortgage uh, mortgage prices have been down uh, because of COVID, and now we're into another formation of household stretch and so as a result of that prices will remain high so we have uh, 
a lot of good news. We have some okay news. And as I said, we are available on YouTube, Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice. And thank you very much, everyone, for coming to the show. Uh, we bring this information to you. Sometimes it's good. Most times it's um, uh, flat in terms of whether it impacts you or not. You have to really be in the house hunting uh, business or the the uh, mortgage business in order to really follow closely why certain things happen and why prices are what they are. Uh, all I can tell you is that the old adage, supply and demand, if you don't have it and somebody wants it and you have the last of it, it's going to cost you more. And that's really the way real estate prices have gone. Now, we have talked about uh, on this show several times why uh, certain things that happen in the 10-year affect your mortgage rate. Uh, one of the things about the 10-year is that it competes mightily uh, with other elements in the economy for dollars out there that are looking for a place to find a home and make money. Uh, let's face it, selling U.S. debt has not become uh, the, the best thing. Uh, although in an inflationary market, uh, it can be a place to go because not only is prices for everything else inflated, but uh, the mortgage-backed securities and also the bonds, the Treasury bonds that the Treasury sells, uh, those particular yields really go up. And so that's a good place to shop. Although the cost of the bond goes down, it's an inverse relationship. So we, what have we seen? This week, what we've seen is the bonds themselves are not as attractive, meaning that the yield that they give you isn't as much as it was a week, two weeks, three weeks ago when it was over 5% on the 10 and 5.2% uh, for the two-year. Uh, what we see today is that the bonds themselves are uh, much, much lower than that. The two years at 4.83, and that's off almost a half point from its high. So if you're out there and you're looking at the two-year, you're thinking, okay, that's not as attractive. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons is inflation is down. Because inflation is down, because things cost less, that means that there are other opportunities for people with money to put their money. And so as a result, um, the Treasury yields themselves, the yields go down, the cost of the bond goes up. And so the uh, two-year, as I said, is at 4.83. The 10-year is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At 4.46, and that's well off the 10 years high. I mean, we we're up over 5, 5.03% in terms of the yield that the uh, 10 year was uh, giving to you as investors are out there right now trying to find the best place to place their dollars uh, because the inflation is lowering and things are costing less. Uh, it looks as if that's also affecting the mortgage interest rates through the bonds, uh, which are loosely related, as I read in an article today. Now, we always go to the 10-year as a benchmark for what we are expecting not only today, but next week and the week after. But because of the volatility of COVID, because of the influx of uh, government dollars in the bond and in the mortgage-backed security markets, uh, we have really seen a turned-upside-down situation, inflation being what it was. We are returning, in my opinion, to a more normalized way that we look at the 10-year and the 2-year. We may see a flip in terms of the 2-year and the 10-year back to what it normally is. We're not there yet. As I said, the spread between 4.83 and 4.46 
let's say it's a little less than 40 basis points, but that's a narrowing of where we have been. I mean, we've seen almost as, as much as a point difference in terms of the yields uh, between the 2 and the 10. Now, if we see the 10 uh, more than the 2, that would obviously uh, look towards more of a normalization of what we're seeing in the bond markets. Now, all this is, yeah, who cares, right? You're out there driving around trying to figure out if you can afford a house. Well, as looking at any mortgage chart, and you can go to any you know, internet search and find a way by which you can calculate what a mortgage would be if it was at this cost and you had this particular rate. That's why these things are important, and that's why you need to watch the 2 and the 10. The reason being is because it really directly affects your mortgage rate. Now, another thing that we always look at when we talk about prices is the oil price. Oil prices here in California have really come down. We see nationally West Texas Intermediate is at $78.50. That's really come down. And one of the reasons for that is obviously there, there's a, a switch from summer to winter type fuel, uh, which always brings the price down. And, of course, uh, the wars that are overseas killing demand. China also, their particular economic problems, which we've chronicled on this show for I don't know, two or three years, Evergrande and, and uh, Country Garden and a number of the other real estate firms in China, which have really wrecked that particular company, uh, country's economy. And we don't really see a way out unless the central government wants to pump dollars in, not dollars, but wands in. And if they do that, you're going to see inflation in China really hit uh, a hard times, which would mean the dollar to the yuan would be in the dollar's favor. And obviously that's not something the G and uh, President Biden want. They're meeting today up in San Francisco. And anybody who uh, is listening to the show will understand that that is a significant event in that the two people really don't get along and haven't gotten along. But because uh, the world is the way it is, having people represent one another in a public forum, even if it's just to shake hands, makes people a lot calmer. Let's face it, China and the U.S. and the Russians all have a lot of nukes, and nobody wants to see that particular... <laughs> nobody wants to see that. So getting together and saying hi is a good thing. Uh, maybe coming up with some trade policies to help one another is also a good thing. Anything to secure and maintain a status quo in the economies, the two largest economies in the world by far, um, and uh, because of that, I think it's a good thing. And uh, where we are in terms of why that helps you in the housing market is that anything that steadies the way lenders look at loans. If we have a volatile situation in that part of the world or in any of these parts of the world that affect the U.S. economy, lending standards, as they have been and have become, they get, it gets harder to do a loan. Anybody that's gone out there, they're going to require more documentation. They're going to narrow the products that are available to you out there in the marketplace. On the ride over, Bloomberg Radio talking about car repossessions and how the subprime car market, everybody knows what the subprime mortgage market was, but the subprime car market has really begun to crack. 22.6% more um, car loan interest rates are really causing havoc, and most of those, third of those particular car loans given out this year are going into default. Not a good sign. Anyway, show's about ready to happen. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. 
We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show. Uh, We come to you each and every week as you're driving around or you're coming back from some kind of church. On the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, we bring you this financial analysis and uh, real estate and mortgage show uh, as a way by which you can get educated while you're just relaxing in the car or if you're at home. We bring all this information to you, a flood of it, uh, each and every week. Sometimes it's uh, over my head and I'm the one talking about it. No, just kidding. Uh, All things aside, uh, we we do try to bring you this good analysis because that's what's needed right now. There's a lot of confusion in the marketplace as to where rates are going, although they're improving somewhat, and also what kind of products are available. And uh, this is the part of the show where we uh, bring the experts to you. Uh, Josh Thompson joins us, who's been with us before on the show in a number of different capacities, and he'll talk about a little of those today. Josh, how are you? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, and thank you for coming on the show. Listen, um, I know that uh, you've been involved in a number of projects around Los Angeles and certainly some out in the desert. Uh, Have you finished your house out in the desert? Oh, it is almost, I mean, probably two weeks away from being done. I am going to look at it on Saturday, actually. So uh, finishes and flooring have been installed. You know, we're just kind of finishing everything up to get the final sign-off, so... I'm very excited, very excited about that. Now, your, your business is twofold, right? You do loans for um, uh, residential mortgages, and you do a lot of development. This single-family development itself uh, was a, um, uh, a, a sort of a love project for you in that you, you saw a lot, you loved it, you envisioned a house on it. Uh, give us a little explanation as from soup to nuts how the experience was for you, and would you do it again? Oh yeah, I would. Uh, I would. I'm actually planning to do it again once this one is done. Um, it's. It was a very streamlined experience because uh, you know I just. I just uh, associate. Uh, set up a good team. You know, I, I know that. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. So right. I go and try to find the best people at architecture, and you know, people that really just kind of. You know, that I don't have to second guess their their stuff. And, you know, this project, I've probably been out to the property maybe three times during the entire construction process over the past year. And uh, it's run very smoothly. And, yeah, I would I would do it again. And I plan to continue doing this, uh, you know, throughout my career. Now, you you talked about that in, in uh, oversight and make, making sure that you get the right people in place so that you don't have to play babysitter. How do you come to that conclusion that you can trust somebody in this business? Yeah, I mean, number one, uh, looking at their portfolio of, of work that they've completed, you know, that's that's always a, a good test. Uh, talking to even, you know, some references of, of people that they've worked with in the past uh, to hear what the feedback is. So, you know, the team that I have up there in the desert, I've known the guy for quite some time. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've done some of the construction loans for some of the, the people that he's worked with before working with me. So, you know, I really knew a lot about him and, and, and saw the process and how he handled things. So that really made me feel comfortable with him. But, yeah, I think just the, the track record is, is everything and talking to some references, you know. And uh, a lot of people sometimes get a sticker shock, right, from, especially from, from architecture prices from a really good architect. Or, sure something like that, but I'll tell you, 
you know, it, it's it's the times that I've gone the cheaper route, you know, with maybe the guy that's not as decorated as a, you know, performer, uh, that it's always meant trouble in the long run. So, so yeah, you know, I think I think uh, there are places where you can definitely cut costs and cut corners, but the architect and the general contractor are two places where you do not want to do that. So. Okay, so give us an idea, a general uh, rule of thumb as to how you finance these things. Where do you go to get that kind of financing? As you said, you have done this before, and are you always looking for sources, or is there a go-to sort of person that you always use? Yeah, there's different different ways. It depends on the kind of project it is, right? So ground-up construction is one category right. versus, you know, something that just needs renovation, which they, they call that a fix-and-flip kind of a deal, right? So, right. so uh, fix-and-flip, I mean, there's a ton of lenders out there, but I, t- I typically go with private money on those. So these are just private uh, lending institutions. Uh, sometimes there are even individuals that, that will lend money on these kinds of deals, and they can give you very high leverage. It is at a uh, higher cost, and it's a short loan term, but, uh, you know, limited documentation required, and you can actually close transactions, uh, you know, within two weeks uh, using this kind right. of financing. So, so definitely I, I go with those for fix and flip. Ground up. Uh, you know, it just depends on what the use of the property is going to be because uh, I tend to get, I mean, before rates were so high, right, banks right. were doing pretty good deals with construction. A lot of regional banks were great with construction lending. Uh, now, not so much since rates are higher. I mean, you know, banks are usually at prime plus one and a half or plus prime plus one on a construction loan. And, you know, now prime is at like eight and a half percent. So right. they're they're you know, running in tandem with private money and hard money loans. And a lot of regional banks have just pulled out of construction lending altogether. So uh, there's still great programs for owner-occupied construction lending and uh, second home construction. That's what I used for the project out in the desert. Uh, But that qualifies you, you know, based on tax returns and all that stuff. So it just just depends, you know, if you you can fit the mold of of one thing and the use of the property is going to have like a consumer kind of use to it, whether it's owner-occupied or secondary residence, then I would definitely advise, you know, going through, uh, you know, like the the bank financing. There's a plethora of banks, Flagstar, you know, a lot of banks that Malibu uses, U.S. Bank, that have a great product that's priced really well. Uh, and then if it's if it's going to be you know investor and, and spec home kind of stuff, then always you know look for the private money sources and you know hard money loans that are out there. Do you see funds or uh, I guess funds availability or the uh, ability to get loans from regular institutions harder now than they have been? And conversely, is it also oh, harder yeah. to get loans oh, yeah. in the hard money deals? It's yeah, it's a, it's actually. Well, I'll say this. It's yeah, it's it's a lot harder from institutions right. all around, right? I, I think I think underwriting guidelines have gotten so much more tighter with institutional lending uh, than they previously were. There's a ton of overlays and new, you know just new stuff that's come up that wasn't there before. Uh, now, when you're in the world of private lending, not so much, and and, and hard money lending, not so much. I mean, they. A lot of lenders have kind of tightened up their parameters, right? So, right. you know, previously lenders that may be lending up to, you know, $15 million, 
they're, they may cap their loan amount at $4 million, but uh, typically their requirements are still pretty loose and lenient. And I think, uh, I think it's just because, you know, they are getting a much higher yield than, you know, still the institutional lenders in terms of the interest rate they're charging. So I think they're still, you know, in the business of, of taking more of a risk for the higher return. So, yeah, that's, that's a... That that world is still 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 pretty relatively uh, you know not as uh, not as uh, has hassle hassle you know not as much of a hassle to get a loan as as an institutional uh, lender. Okay, so we got a couple of minutes left. I want to drift over to what you're doing in Inglewood. Did you ever get that project finished? And uh, and if you could just describe a little bit of what that is and how you're working that project uh, for the audience here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one is uh, 20 houses, 20 small lot houses that I've been doing ground up out there. Uh, and that one I have, you know, private lender that funded that project. Uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, a construction budget of close to $13 million. And it's in the, and we're actually framing that. We just started framing that. Oh, great. So that is some, some pro- progress. Yeah, this one has been... Uh, slow burn on this one we we have mentioned before on the show that we got into some issues with a uh storm drain underground that no one knew was there so uh it, d- it definitely kind of set us back a little over a year rerouting that storm drain and you know moving it because it was actually an active storm drain but uh yeah we are framing now so we are on track to be completed by august of next year awesome so i'm awesome. very excited about that and i'm hoping i'm hoping interest rates are are lower so you know when we go to sell this project uh you know it can be much more affordable for the consumer absolutely listen josh we're up against it could you let people know how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about it but uh, more specifically if they need services that you offer yeah yeah best uh best way is to just uh call me you know i'm, I'm old school my number is 323-945-5694 Okay, Josh, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the show. Always love having you on. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is a good uh, bit of information in kind of an area that we don't really talk about all that much. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And thank you for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Josh Thompson from Malibu Funding. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. We are here each and every week. We bring you news. We bring you ideas. We bring you people. The people who we bring you are experts in the field. Me, I have uh, opinions on a lot of different stuff. We try to get to the macro of the world economy and how that might affect your decision-making process. But the people we bring on the show are the experts in the nitty-gritty and how to get you a loan, uh, whether it's uh, construction or whether it's commercial or whether it's residential. Certainly, if you're out there right now, you are worried about interest rates, and everybody knows that. Uh, We've seen a little 
come down from the high of the interest rates, and we may see more of that. But uh, I am not in the crystal ball business, uh, but Bill might be. Anyway, I bring to you one of the better loan officers who comes on the show and really helps people understand what the products are is Bill Orr from Malibu Funding. Bill, how are you? I'm great, Jeff. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much. And Bill and I were talking a little hockey off the air. Uh, and, right. And, and I like I like the, uh, the way hockey players compete. I like the way that they um, – uh, seem to always be upfront with the violence in their sport, but at the same time, yeah, the fair and honest way by which we um, we have to watch it and, and which it's regulated. It's kind of like the mortgage business in that we too have. <laughs> sometimes it gets a little nasty out there. But uh, tell us a little bit about what's happening in the mortgage business, where the loans are, where the products are, and uh, what you're seeing about that. Well, that, that's really funny because as as I think you and I spoke about, I'm still. I grew up in Michigan, so I'm still an active ice hockey player, even though I'm in my 60s. And I, <laughs> the funny thing I mentioned is I actually equate that to sometimes real estate, and by real estate I mean not only the purchasing of the home but the mortgage aspect of the real sure. estate market, too. I say I say that yeah, real estate can sometimes be a contact sport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's kind of like, like football or, or hockey or you know, that kind of a thing because, yeah, it can, it can get pretty – Rough sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, with terms, and, and by that I mean, you know, upset expectations. You get your feelings hurt, or not. That's not that's not the right thing. But you, know, you get your hopes up that you're, you're going to get to buy the house, and for some reason you can't get it. They sold it to somebody else, or something like that. Or maybe the people that you're buying the house from are being difficult to deal with, and it just feels like it took, you took a gut punch. Yep. When you really have your hopes up to get the house, or something like that, and you can't get it. So. And in that regard, I mean, it can be like a contact sport. But probably the biggest thing that's going on right now is the the mortgage industry has a product. Excuse me, it's called a two one buy down, or sometimes a three one buy down. And here's what I mean by that: um, the mortgage rate can actually be bought down for two years or for three years. Uh, it's expensive, uh, and the, and the fee would have to be paid for by the seller of the house. So let me just give you an example. I'm literally working on a client right now. Uh, and she's buying approximately a million dollar home, uh, and and she is the the interest rate today is eight point one for her mortgage. We're going to be able to buy it down to five point one. Wow! So here's the way it works: uh, it's going to be five point one for the first year, six point one for the second year, seven point one for the third year, and at the end of the third year. Uh, it will go to 8.1, which is actually the, the note rate. But the thing that's beautiful about that is that it gives you the temporary relief so that you can move into the house with a realistic mortgage payment. And by the time the mortgage rate gets to like 7.1 or 8.1, we're going to refinance you out of that anyways because mortgage rates are cyclical. So it's not going to be at 8.1 or 8.5 or 8.6. It's not going to be that way forever. It's going to be that way for a couple months or maybe a year, whatever goes on with the economy. Uh, And uh, it's, it's a great way to do it. So what happens is the rules are the seller may have to pay this. or I'm sorry, the seller has to pay for this or the real estate agent. So let me give you an example on that. So the let's say the house that you're looking at is $500,000, whatever. Yep. Uh, and instead of the seller dropping the price to 470 or 460 or something like that, instead of doing it that way, they're actually going to make it more affordable to you. So instead of giving you a $40,000 or a $30,000 price reduction, 
they're going to agree to pay for a $30,000 uh, buy-down to participate in this 2-1 or 3-1 uh, buy-down program. So you're still going to pay the 500000 for the house, uh, but the, the seller is going to give escrow a $40,000 credit or a $30,000 credit or whatever the number is to, to do this buy-down, this 2-1 buy-down or 3-1 buy-down, and that's going to give you the low rate of a 3, I'm sorry, of 5% or 6% or 7% or that kind of a thing. So that's one of the biggest things that's happening right now that the lenders are using to allow clients to get into a house that are, you know, 6.1 or a 5.1 uh, interest rate. And as long as you're, you're, the seller's willing to cooperate, then this is what you can do, and this is how we're doing it. Well, it's interesting. I, I know you've heard probably about the um, uh, real estate commission lawsuits across the country, and if sellers mm-hmm. actually here in California get in on that, uh, not having to pay buyer commission, well, there's your thirty, forty thousand dollars you're going to need for the buy down uh, if that mm-hmm. happened. And just well, I tell you, man, that's a slippery slope. I I have kind of feelings about that. I right. think this is going to screw up the business catastrophically. Okay. Because let's take it, particularly the first time home buyer, particularly them. A lot of clients, they're robbing Peter to pay Paul, getting a loan from the National Bank of Mom and Dad, cousins helping them. They're doing everything they can to barely get to their first, their first, home. you know, first time, right. their first time home. Right, their first home. So they barely got enough for down payment and closing costs. And then wait, I have to pay another two or two and a half percent of the purchase price to the buyer's agent? Well, th- no way. This this the interesting thing. Outside of FHA where you're allowed a certain number amount of credits, right up to 9% actually, uh, where you might be able to borrow the money for closing costs, borrow the money for real estate agent commission. If you're in a loan, uh, I mean in a real estate deal that is just conventional and like you just say, you're you're squeezing every dollar. I agree with you. I don't know who's going to pay for the buyer's agent. It's just going to end up that the seller's agent is going to have both sides. And that's usually the way it works, right? Because the uh, seller's not going to want to pay. I think it's horrible because now, think about this. You know, if I'm a first-time buyer or even, I mean, look, you and I do this for a living. We, we're, we're, I've been doing this for 27 years. Right. You know, so we know the ins and the outs and blah, blah, blah. But even for somebody who's a multi, maybe they bought five homes in their life, they still don't do it for a living. Right. And, and no, they're not going to know as, as they, so what, what's happening is they need somebody to represent the buyer and their, and their interest. The problem with buying from listing agent is the listing agent is contractually bound to negotiate on behalf of the seller. Not the buyer. No question. So you're about dealing it. business with somebody who's 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 not looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for the seller's best interest. Oh, I, it's a problem, man. I'm telling you. It's I a think it is a problem, and I think yep. it's going to upset the apple cart. I'm just looking down the road. Is that there's no way a buyer is going to come up with the money? They're just going to say no, and the seller it's, is going to say, "I'm not paying for it either." So it's going to come down to exactly the scenario you say doesn't represent the buyer, which I 100% agree. That's what's yeah. going to happen. You're going to find less good, agents, yeah. less buyers' agents, unless you've got a well-heeled client who doesn't care. They That's just right. want to use you. It, it, it's, it's, it's a, the good news is it's not going to happen for a while. I'm sure this will get stuck in court for another several years. And uh, it would not surprise me if this goes to the U.S. Supreme Court because I'm sure the NAR is not going to back down on this. 
Well, um, the thing with CAR, now they come up, now everybody who's listening is going on, okay, NAR, CAR, okay, NAR is the National Association of Realtors, CAR is the California Association of Realtors. They have all been accused, and they are in cahoots with a certain number of brokers and brokerage companies to fix prices. That's what the... The lawsuit is about, and it's spread, and it's going all over, meaning that 6% or 5% commission, they are conspiring to keep that so that the buyer's agent can get paid on a 50-50 split, which is usually how it works. Will it work that way is the question. And, and so as Bill and I talk, this is going to affect everybody in our business, everybody, because somebody's got to pay the buyer's agent. Who's going to be? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a big issue, and, and the, the, the and, you know a, a good agent can just save your behind big time. Um, because things people think, oh, the real estate agent they just find your house. No, no, no. There is so much work that these agents do in the middle of the transaction. Yep. There's a problem with the inspection. The seller's being a jerk. They don't want to pay for this. They don't want to pay for that. I mean, there is so much work that goes on throughout. Sometimes almost till the last week of closing. Yep. Your buyer's agent is busy working for you to make sure you don't get taken advantage of. And protecting your money, your deposit, making sure that the That's contingencies right. are in place. No, absolutely. But everybody knows somebody who gets in the business brings mom, dad, their neighbors, somebody, you know, and then they get paired up with somebody to be their mentor. So the first few people in the door, first few deals that you do, if you're a new agent, you don't know anything. So right. it's a problem. The whole thing's a problem. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad I brought that up because it, it was. It's very interesting, and, and as I said, we're infected by it, hundred percent. Yeah. So, for people who are listening, uh, Jeff and I kind of got deep in the weeds here. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's passion. <laughs> Listen, we're we're up against it too. I'm I'm out of time. So uh, yeah. Okay. So tell so people how they can get in touch with you. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so if you're interested in buying a house, either your first time you've done this before, and you want to speak with somebody who's been doing this for a while, I've been doing it for 27 years. I've seen most things come down the pike. I'm sure I can help you. So again, my name is Bill. My last name is Orr. O R R. And my phone number is 818-406-4744, or I'll repeat it again, 818-406-4744. And no matter where you're listening, do not get this, don't not get discouraged by my 818 area code. I do transactions to help people buy all the way from the Mexican-California border all the way up to Sacramento and Eureka. So anything in California I can help you with. Bill, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. we got to extend the interview next time. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you very much. That's Bill Orr from Malibu Funding. I'm Jeff Martin, your voice in the mortgage industry, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for joining us, listening to the show each and every week. We come to you, we talk about what's happening in the mortgage world and how it's going to affect decisions that you make about purchasing that first home or uh, trading up or trading down. been a difficult market, especially since uh, COVID has really come under control a couple of years ago. We've seen a lot of rate increases by the Fed, which tangentially has uh, pushed mortgage interest rates higher and higher as they compete with uh, a lot of other uh, investments out there, uh, trying to get a return for an investor at uh, 3% is not as easy as it is at uh, 7 or 8%, and that's why you see mortgage interest rates where they are. But joining us is really an expert way more than I am is uh, Chris Piney from Broker First Funding, and uh, he joins us now. Chris, how are you? 
Doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks very much for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. Okay, so as you heard quickly in the intro, obviously we're, we're trying to get some information to people about what's happening in the market, uh, some of the innovative programs that are out there, whether it's the 3 to one buy-down, whether it's the DSCR. Give us an idea of where uh, you are there at uh, uh, Brokers First and uh, how you might be able to help uh, some people get a loan. Yeah, no, not a problem at all. So I would say about 50% of the business that I'm seeing right now uh, is some sort of non-QM product. So you're talking bank statements, DSCR, uh, 1099, uh, P&L, or some sort of asset utilization. Uh, so some sort of income source other than a full doc or traditional, you know, two years tax returns uh, or one year tax return. Um, you know, there's still a lot of self-employed borrowers out there that didn't think uh, they could get a loan. And with the bank statement products uh, and the DSCR, they can qualify a lot, lot easier. They're willing to take the higher interest rate. Uh, there's still a benefit to them. Uh, typically, your non-QM rates are going to be anywhere between a point to a point and a half higher than what your standard Fannie Freddie or uh, Ginnie Mae products are going to be. Okay, and in these products that you're offering, you're offering them both here in California and some other states around the country? Yeah, we're licensed in about 27 to 28 states right now. Okay. Um, so, yes, uh, where the bank statements really come in handy is that you ask your customers for their most recent 12 months business bank statements okay. or 12 months personal. So some of the nice uh, functionality by partnering with a company like myself is that we'll analyze those 12-month bank statements and we'll give you an income figure and then you can kind of tell right out of the gate what the borrower qualifies for, making sure that you put them into the best loan product and you don't overextend them. The way that we look at the bank statements is that if they have a true separate business bank account and mm -hmm. a separate personal I would say the majority of files that I'm looking at right now are mainly business bank statements. So okay. we'll use what's called an expense factor. So there's cost to running the business, right? You know, they may have office space, they may have employees, they may have advertising, so on and so forth. And what we do is we utilize an expense factor. We use a flat 50%, which is very conservative. But if they qualify off that 50%, then we don't need any documentation from the CPA stating, hey, uh, Joe Smith's expense factor at his business is 50% or 20% or something along those lines. We can just qualify them off that. Now, we may come back to you and say, hey, here's the income figure, okay, and hey, Chris, he's an at-home consultant. He works off his kitchen table or he has a bedroom dedicated uh, to his business doesn't have any overhead or storefront, we can get away with a 20% expense factor or okay. even 15 at the lowest. Yeah. At, if you want to go that low, then we would need an expense factor letter either from the CPA or the tax preparer or a P&L to justify and explain that expense factor. Now, the rates you're getting at these types of loans, and that's an interesting loan product. I had not really heard much about it in terms of documentation and what you need. Cost. Let's talk a little bit about that. What you're saying? It's about a point, point and a half higher on the rate. Uh, are there any other costs associated with the loan? Yeah. So the borrower can either elect to um, choose a rate where there's some rebate to help offset some of their closing costs, 
or they could p- choose a rate where they have to pay down or, or come in with funds in order to get a lower rate. Either one is completely fine with us and whatever the borrower's comfort level is. And the FICO score on all this, is that even calculated into the loan or the, uh, the rate in terms of what they get? Correct. So we go as low on our bank statement loans as a 640 FICO score. Obviously, okay. the higher the FICO, the better the rate. Okay, that's that's uh, very fair. Have you seen a demand for this type of product expand as we've seen 30-year fixed rate come down a little bit? I think that anyone that's looking to buy a home and they see the value in real estate like many of us do, um, kind of my joke or my little stick on it is is that you know the short-term pain of the higher interest rates is a bigger-term gain in terms of their real estate portfolio expanding and increasing in value. If you kind of look or you're a history buff of the business, uh-huh. if you you know kind of take out or look at a 30 or 40 year look back, uh, especially in Southern California where we are, you see the high highs and you see the low lows. But when you do a 30 to a 40 year average, you're looking at a, anywhere between a six to an eight percent annual appreciation rate on average. So nope. real estate is still an phenomenal investment to help you whatever your goal is or if you want to pass things down to your children it's a huge wealth builder for you individually and the family so each year you your company as most people do who are in the business they look at the market what's out there what can i go get where are the where are the next loans coming in from what what are your what are your group or what do you personally see out there as the potential i talked earlier in the show about this huge buying group the millennials and how a lot of them are forming households for the first time and why that might affect home prices going into the future. What are you all looking at when you're, when you're looking at your future business and where it's coming from? Yeah, you always have to be looking at what is the next generation doing. Right. And the millennials, they have a different buying pattern or buying motivation. Um, you know, they do, they're very tech-oriented. They're looking at things online. They're not as face-to-face or maybe phone-type people. Um, but you know, again, if the family unit is saying, hey, this is a good investment, this is something that we need, our family's expanding, we're in a two-bedroom apartment, right. and, you know, we need more bedrooms, always be looking at real estate uh, because, A, it helps your family, but, B, again, it's a good long-term investment, uh, especially if you're looking at buying and holding. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And so what you're saying is obviously the millennials in this group, reaching them is a little bit different than saying reaching the boomers or, or some of the other Gen Z, Gen Xers. Well, what, what do you do? Are you strictly with uh, brokers only? Uh, do you have a retail shop? Uh, what are your expansion plans in terms of, like I say, growing business? Because that in turn reflects on the industry as a whole. If you're growing, that means that uh, the industry is probably growing. How do you look at it? You know, everyone's business model is a little bit different, but yes, okay. you know, when you're talking about the millennials, they react more to your Facebook ads, your LinkedIn, your TikTok, uh, you know, some of these tech-oriented platforms to help get the word out there, hey, if you're in this situation, I can still help you. I can still help you get a loan. You can still cash out. You refinance your house, so on and so forth. So you've got to be looking at what is getting the biggest bang for your buck? I, I've known a lot of brokers, and Jeff, you've probably done this yourself, where you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on mailer leads, 
and they may not be the best investment right now. Right. You, know, you may have to go over to a digital platform. No, I agree with you. And I think reaching buyers, reaching people who are going to buy, obviously people, you, you talked about the phone. That's my group, right? I'm, I'm in the older group baby boomers, uh, talking on the phone, talking in general, meeting people for face-to-face -face is way more effective than if, in fact, you, you know, do, do a Facebook ad or, or try to reach them through TikTok. Most people wouldn't even know what TikTok was yeah. in my group. So, yes, reaching these people the way they want to be reached, that's the issue. But getting them to jump and, and make the next uh, purchase or, or to make that decision, that's still a way by which is pretty, you know, you have to reach them in that way, and I don't know how you're doing it. It's been difficult for a lot of brokers because, you know, usually we just wait until they walk in the door. Yeah, no, it is a different sales technique. When I first got into the business in 2005, in the wholesale side, I'd been in the business uh, previously uh, down in San Diego, but yeah, my my sales was all phone based, and right. I you kind of developed a little bit of a different model where I'm spending so many days uh, out in the field, you know, touching customers, touching clients, and kind of seeing what their needs are, listening to the feedback that I get from them as to what is making sense for them, okay, and what I can do to support them and help them grow their business. That's my biggest. Uh, thing that I do on a daily basis is what value add uh, can I give to a guy like you, Jeff? You right. know, my 23 right. years in the business, um, you know, you talk about non-QM, and I really call that situational-based lending, but someone who's hmm. seen the market crash of, you know, 05, 06, 07, 08, and kind of saw what happened there, it, this market is completely different. We right. are not giving out loans as easy. You know, after that crash, we had a pretty high standards. Right. And we, we stuck to it, and any decline in the market is not because of lack of credit or lack of credit worthiness. Um, I think it's just, you know, people are looking at it and going, hey, you know, I'm still thinking of 2 and 3% rates, which were 19, 20, and even early 21, but those rates are gone. Right. You know, do I see the rates coming down? For sure. Um, this was a surprise and a little bit of a tick down, which I like. I would have liked to have seen, you know, a little bit more maybe into the sixes. sixes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. But hey. I, I think once we get back to a healthy four and a half to a five and a half range, I think that most people will feel comfortable getting off the sideline. I wish that they saw the value now, even in the, the higher rates, that values from what I can see, especially with the scarcity of inventory out there, rates are going to continue, or I'm sorry, not rates, but values are going to continue to go up. Right. Okay? And hey, hopefully yeah. that someone will see that, hey, if I bought in at 750 maybe it goes up to 8 or 850 or 9 in a sh relatively short time frame. But again, going long term, if you look at that, you're looking at 6 to 8% annual appreciation. If you live in the house 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you know, you're going to have a lot of equity in that, that property, especially if you go into a, a 20 or a 30-year term or, you know, some borrowers, you know this, Jeff, where if you make three principal and interest payments uh, annually, you can cut that loan down in, in terms of time and also interest that you're paying to the bank. Great advice. Great information. We're up against it. Can you shout out a way by which people might uh, be able to get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, my phone number is 714-476-1538. Uh, 
Uh, I'm also available on LinkedIn and Facebook at Chris Penny. Last name is spelled P as in Paul, I, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy, E as in Edward, Y as in yes. And I'm always uh, looking to help people and answer any questions to help educate uh, anyone and help them make the sound uh, decision on their next real estate investment. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. Love the information. Great, great. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much. That's Chris Penny from Broker First Funding. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for listening to the show, for coming to us each and every week. We come to you each and every week on this particular radio station, KCAA. Great folks over there, uh, Fred and Mark, been doing it for about 10 years. We have hundreds of shows on the KCAA website. If you want to see and hear what I say each and every week, you can also go to our YouTube channel, Jeff Barton, The Mortgage Voice. There we have archived hundreds of shows, and uh, uh, quite quite often, and I don't know if these are bots or these are some kind of AI attacking me, but it seems to be that people who watch this particular show online at The Mortgage Voice on YouTube do so in a binge fashion. I can't imagine watching uh, financial news shows about mortgages on a binge but it's happened, and it happens, oh, three, four times a week where people just seem to watch five or six or seven. They join the show and join what we're doing. So if you want to do that, please do. Also, go to our website. It's themortgagevoice.com. There you can see and hear the show. You can look at the guests. You can find out a way you can contact them. You know, the guests that come on the show, are a lot of them are lenders. A lot of them are loan officers. A lot of them are people who've been in the business for a long time, seen the ups and downs. And those types of veterans are the people that you need to rely on now because they can tell you exactly when and how to get the best possible rate in mortgage now at the same time develop a long-term plan for you to be able to say, hey, you know what, what happens if? Well, those are the people you need to talk to, experienced veterans, and you can find a lot of them on our website. It's themortgagevoice.com. Okay, I am Jeff Barton. This is The Mortgage Voice, and thank you very much. Let's look at a couple of uh, rates here because we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier in the bond prices earlier in the show. The uh, 30-year fixed rate is at 7.4. Now, it wasn't so long ago that that 30-year fixed rate was 8.5%. Uh, maybe three weeks, four weeks. Well, we're now down at eight point, uh, uh, rather at seven point four percent, which is a tremendous advantage to you. If you consider a hundred thousand dollar loan, one percent of a hundred thousand dollars is what? NBC News Radio. I'm Tammy Trujillo. President Biden is welcoming the release of an American child who's been held hostage by Hamas. Biden confirmed four-year-old Abigail Idan was among the 13 hostages who arrived safely back in Israel today in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Massachusetts on Sunday, Biden says he's hopeful the four-day truce can be extended. We continue to press and expect for additional Americans will be released as well. And we will not stop working until every hostage is returned to their loved ones. Abigail turned four years old just a few days ago. Police in Burlington, Vermont, are investigating the shooting of three 20-year-old students of Palestinian descent. 
According to a police department news release, the three were walking down a street near the University of Vermont early last night when they were confronted by a white male with a handgun. The suspect did not reportedly say anything before firing four rounds, then running away. Two of the students were listed in stable condition while the third suffered serious injuries. Police say the investigation is in the early stages and they haven't indicated if they're calling the shooting a hate crime. Senator Michael Bennett believes there's broad bipartisan support in the Senate for an aid package that includes Ukraine, but concedes the support likely is not there in the House. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, the Colorado Democrat was referring to President Biden's request for a combined $14 billion aid package that combines Ukraine, Israel, Southeast Asia, and the U.S.-Mexico border. Bennett stressed the importance of continuing support for Ukraine, not just for the country itself, but for democracy as a whole. The latest movie in the Hunger Games series is setting the pace at the weekend box office. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, earned $11.4 million on Black Friday. That's double the take for Disney's animated feature Wish and well ahead of Napoleon, which round out the top three for the holiday weekend. You're listening to The Latest. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that...